Hello, my name is Gray. And my name is Crystal. And this is Bus Asian Beauties, a supernatural commentary podcast where I, someone who has seen this show several times, and I, someone who only knows the show through social media, discuss every single episode of Supernatural from start to finish. Also, we are both Asian. Both Asian! So for today's episode, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 13, Route 666, written by <laughs> Eugenie Ross-Lemming and Brad Buckner, directed by Paul Shapiro. I just... If they hadn't lost that one script during filming of season one, then they wouldn't have brought on these two randos. And then we could have been saved so many racisms throughout the rest of this show. But alas. I was gonna say, in the Supernatural writer's room, I I feel like these people are fucking John-coded because they haunt (laughs) literally the rest of the show. Like... (laughs) From beginning to end. And I know that they disappear after this and then they reappear in like season seven. But like the fact that they wrote the penultimate episode of Supernatural like just boggles my mind. I'm pretty sure this episode is not well received. It is not. So like why why did you bring them back? Why bring them back? Why? Why bring them back? Right, you knew after Bugs to never bring those writers back, so you should know after Route 666 to never bring these writers back. Anyway, so, uh, Crystal, before going in, what did you know about this episode? Um, It's literally a racist truck. There's a truck, and it's racist. It's a ghost truck, and it's racist. It's a truck that's racist. Oh, and also Cassie's there. Hi. That's pretty much it. Like, that's pretty much what happens in the episode. (laughs) You knew everything. <laughs> so we open in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, with um, a car just, you know, driving down the road, all chill, listening to the radio. And I actually, like, listened to the what the radio was saying, and it was, like, about the weather, right? It's supposed to tell us that the roads are icy right now. Mm. And that's why the rest of the happenings probably occur. There is a man driving, and it's very it's important to the plot that he is a black guy. Suddenly, a large truck, a monster truck, right? That's what it's called. Yep. Here at Supernatural, we hunt monsters. And monster trucks. The truck starts tailing him, which is obviously concerning. Mm-hmm. So this keeps on happening until suddenly the truck just disappears. It's just... It's just gone. And the radio starts back on. And the guy's pretty chill again when suddenly the truck appears right in front of him. So he swerves and he turns and he starts driving. And this is the part where the truck starts back-ending the car. The car, like, flies into the air and does some wild flipping maneuver. And then after that, the truck starts, like, purring. Like, it's making happy truck sounds. Like, two trucks having sex? <laughs> Literally, this is one truck masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Is what is happening. And then the truck disappears. Yep. And that's the end of our teaser. Fades into the background. Right. I guess I want to mention here that 
The issue of this episode, which is anti-black racism, is serious and also really, really badly done in this episode. But the execution through a truck that's supposed to be scary is so ridiculous that I will probably end up laughing at scenes, despite how racist this episode is. Yeah. It's just a truck. It was making, like, truck breathing sounds when it was chasing him. We're at a gas station now, and Dean's on the phone looking upset, Um, and he tells Sam that he got a call from an old friend whose father was killed last night, and she wants them to investigate. And he says she never would have called, never, if she didn't need us. Ooh, history. So they get in, and they start driving, and Sam's poking around for information. Sam in this episode is really taking a backseat. Like, I feel like they've just written him to be, like, an annoying little brother figure. And it's funny, but, yeah, I I wish he had a bit more time. Sometimes it feels, like, um, out of place. Like, you know, I've had siblings with... Uh, romantic interest and I've never been like ooh like it's just not how like my relationship with my siblings work but I guess it's different for everyone so maybe you know some people really do experience this yeah it felt out of place sometimes because like the episode is pretty serious right there's a hate crimes truck happening right now sam like can we not so sam's like oh so her name's cassie huh you never mentioned her and dean admits that they dated for a little bit when he and john were working in ohio and she was finishing up college also i believe in the john's journal extras we find that this was a case that was worked at a sorority, and that Cassie was sort of a journalist figure there. And I, I'm just thinking about Hookman and how Dean at 22, when Cassie's like a senior, like him, like hitting on her as a college girl is like totally fine. But then he comes back at age 26 yeah. to a sorority again, and he's like, ooh, my turn again. Like, shut up, Dean, die. Sam asks how Cassie even knows that they are hunters, Dean doesn't reply. And Sam gets quite angry. He says, you told her the secret, our big family rule number one. We do what we do and we shut up about it. For a year and a half, I do nothing but lie to Jessica. And you go out with this chick in Ohio a couple of times and you tell her everything? First off, do we think Sam calling Cassie a chick is a little misogynistic? It's the the point of calling her chick is to be like she's just a girl. Diminish her role like in yeah, in, in Dean's, Dean's life. life. So I feel like I am gonna give him like half a point. Yeah. Sorry, Sam girls. <laughs> this scene was like quiet. He was really angry. He was really upset. And I was a bit shocked. I get it. They try to justify it in the script because you know, we see in his nightmare um, at Jessica's grave, he's going, I wish I'd told you, I wish you knew the truth so that you could protect yourself and I could protect you. So I guess if he's still pretty raw over losing Jess, he could be angry 
about Dean getting to have that kind of honesty with someone who he presumes means a lot less to Dean than just meant to him. But also, yeah, it did feel a little overboard. <laughs> it fe- it felt overboard, especially because the rest of the episode, as we said earlier, he's very shippy. So it's like, oh, yeah. so where did that anger go? He's not go? like, hi, Cassie, so you're the hussy that Dean told everything about. <laughs> he's just like, ooh, she seems cool. So they go. we go to a newspaper office. So uh, there are three people here. So it's the mayor, it's Cassie, and Jimmy. So Jimmy is Jimmy and Cassie presumably both work in the newspaper. Yeah, he's chief editor. Yeah, they're talking to the mayor about what went down with Cassie's, what we know now is Cassie's father. So the, the man who died earlier is Cassie's dad. Jimmy points out that two black people were killed on the same stretch of road in the same way in the last two weeks. And the mayor is like, you're too close to this. I offer my condolences to you for your friend who died and for Cassie whose father died. But this is nothing more than an accident, right? Imagine talking this way to someone whose dad died like yesterday. Yeah, it's it's quite rude, but also, like, I get what they're going for in that it's, like, supposed to be a professional setting. But also, like, I feel like they were doing this because they were trying to throw in the red herring, which is that the mayor is responsible. Right, that the mayor is the bad guy. Yeah, so it's, like, Ugh. shock later when he, spoiler, dies, you know? Right, and he, spoiler, is quote-unquote not a racist. <laughs> because go ask your mom, which... <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) okay so at this point sam and dean entered the office so jimmy the mayor and cassie continue talking and then the mayor leaves at which point cassie dramatically turns around and meets dean's eyes and goes dean Okay, so before everything, I, I just would like we to We love say Dean that, Cassie. Yeah, we love Dean Cassie. Like, that's his first love. Uh, it's it's so fascinating. I will be making fun of some of their scenes, but, like, I just, I just want to put it out there that this is, like, a ship that I support. I'm still on team Cassie should have been, should have gotten Lisa's season six plot. You know, shit like that. But also, if I'd seen Cass erase Cassie's memories, I would no longer be a Cass girl. So, uh, at this point, they're just staring at each other. And we go to Sam's face, which is like, you know, very teasing brother. Which is, again, like such a far cry from what we saw earlier when he was mad. Angry little man. So, uh, after this, it's just like, you know, casual talk. Like, Dean going, sorry about your dad. This is my brother. And then we cut to Cassie's house. Uh, well, after Dean says, sorry about your dad, Cassie says, yeah, me too. And I wish we got to see more of her grief over her father's death. Because we get a little bit of her tearing up while talking about him. But, I don't know, it's just not sufficient, in my opinion. We cut to Cassie's mother's house, um, where Cassie has been staying to take care of her after her husband's death and she reveals that yeah before martin's death he was seeing a big black truck following him on the road whenever he was driving 
and that it disappeared and appeared and that Martin's car ended up dented even though there was only one set of tires and his car was new and not scratched. So we get a little bit of Cassie's, I think, journalism and investigative journalism background in this scene, which I liked. I liked that she was involved in putting together the clues. And then they find out that the other black man who died on the stretch of road earlier was Martin's friend who co-owned the car dealership with him and died in the same way. Um, and then Cassie says that she's a little skeptical about this ghost stuff, and Dean's being such a bitter ex, he goes, skeptical, if I remember, I think you said I was nuts. And Cassie says that was then, and then they just have another staring moment. Oh god, again, I love the ship, but also, this is sort of the result of the love interestification of every pretty woman on Supernatural. Like, realistically, her dad just died, and if she's going to be into Dean, it should be portrayed as more of a coping mechanism or an attempt to return to college times when things seemed simpler to her, rather than just, like, Dean is so hot, he's making me forget about my dead dad. Yeah, I I mean, it's undeniable that she was made to be a love interest, and that, like, her character traits were, like, to serve that purpose. I I think they do it better here than they do it in previous episodes. Oh, yeah, no, I think Cassie is a lot better of a one-off female character than, like, Andrea, for example. So, Cassie's mom enters the room, and for some reason her voice sounds vaguely British. (laughs) Did you feel that way? I I don't know. I, I didn't notice. I, for some reason, I just didn't like her mom's acting in this episode very much, but I don't know if that was just personal taste or if you felt that way too. They were going for the skittish, you know, like, afraid person. I, especially, like, later on, when we really get to sit down with the mom, the acting was a bit, like, it's Mm. a lot. Yeah, (laughs) right. So, Dean tries to ask her some questions and she refuses and leaves, and then we cut to the night near the road that we saw our last death, and there's a crashed car, and Jimmy from the newspaper office is dead and bleeding in it, and then behind him, the black truck is there, and it's doing its little masturbation sounds again, (laughs) and then there's a fucking, like, dramatic zoom into this one truck doing sex and having hate crimes and then it disappears. Okay, so the next day the mayor and Cassie are walking among the crash. Uh, Like, the mayor is like, oh, Jimmy meant something to the town, etc, etc. And then Cassie is like, this is where we really see that Cassie has like a very spunky attitude. She was like, oh, your besters seem to be dropping like flies. Clayton, my father, Jimmy. And then she recommends that the road be closed because, you know, black men are dying in it. The mayor stops this idea and says that, like, it's the main road. We can't close it. These are accidents and accidents happen. Sam and Dean appear. They start asking questions and Cassie introduces them. 
The mayor says that there's one set of tire tracks again like last time, so there's no sign of foul play. Cassie starts talking about uh, how if the victims were white, would they close down the road? And the mayor says, like, are you suggesting I'm racist, Cassie? Oh, this is the... I think, like, we haven't mentioned, but, like, the mayor is white, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, he's he's a pale little man. And the mayor is like, are you suggesting I'm racist? I'm the last person that you should talk to like that. And Cassie goes, why? I'm the least racist person in the entire world, Cassie. And then, like, uh, the mayor says, you should ask your mom why I'm not racist. And like, your mom wasn't calling me racist when I was in her bed last night. Literally, oh. like... Uh, I remember watching this, like, a while back. I'm being so confused by this line because, like, what is it? what does it even mean? What does it mean? Sincerely. And, like, we figure out later. Oh, yeah, we figure it out later. It's like you slept with her white mom after the death of her black husband and that makes you not racist, Mr. Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Cassie should have been like, are you literally making a your mom joke right now, <laughs> Mr. Mayor? Like, because that's what it really sounded like. And this scene just sucks because, well, I really like Cassie in this scene. I like that she is being assertive and trying to really save people here. And you're supposed to like her here and dislike the mayor, but later when you find out that, oh, the mayor is apparently not racist according to some definition of racist that I disagree with, um, and like, oh, like, Cassie was being ridiculous here. Like, the racist truck isn't completely about race, and the mayor's not racist, and Cassie's just an oversensitive little person. Like, I don't know, it's just annoying. <laughs> So, now we're in the motel room, and Sam and Dean finally remembered that they owned suits, so they're getting dressed in them, and Sam is being a little shit little brother shipper instead of a character. <laughs> he says, I'll say this for her. She's fearless. Why did you say, I'll say this for her, Sam? What do you have against Cassie, Sam? Huh? 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 <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> And he says, yeah, I bet she kicked your ass a couple of times. And then Sam goes really hard on the teasing, where he tells Dean that they never really look at each other at the same time, and they're sort of just checking each other out while the other turns away. And he says, it's just an interesting observation in an observationally interesting way. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you wrote on your polycentric social norms paper, Sam? Yeah, is that what you wrote in your Stanford paper, Sam? And then Dean tells Sam that they have more pressing issues here. And it's true that they do. I do think it's very odd that the two plot lines of this episode are anti-black racism that resulted in murders and, like, a fun little side romance. It's weird. Yeah, and it's like, like, is this the only way they can justify having a black character who's a romantic interest? <laughs> if the case is also about yeah, exactly. being black. Yeah, they literally brought her on to this show because it's an episode about white people being racist. So they basically just gave Dean armor by 
employing the timeless I can't be racist, I have a black girlfriend excuse. Like, that is what the writers are doing. They get out of the motel and they go to a fishing dock where, like, two guys are playing cards. So they introduce themselves as Jimmy's insurance company representatives. Dean says, like, we're just here to dot some I's and cross some T's. And I remember this line. Like, I remember this line specifically because I thought it was, like, an interesting way to say what he was trying to say. Yeah, I think it's a fairly common... Well, not fairly common, but... Yeah, it's a phrase people use to mean, like, putting the finishing touches on something, like, paperwork related. I've actually never heard it, like, prior to hearing it on Supernatural. So maybe it's just not used around here a lot. Yeah, I think it's just an older phrase. Yeah, maybe so. Anyway, uh, so they ask if, like, Jimmy had any unusual experiences about maybe seeing things. Dean mentions a truck, so, like, if Jimmy ever saw a black truck. And it's important to note that, like, they're talking to two, pe- to two guys, right? The one that they're mainly addressing is white, and then the one eating lunch with him sort of sitting in the back is black. Yeah. So the white guy was like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, are you speaking English even? The first time the white Winchesters have experienced racism. <laughs> and, and the black guy chimes in. And says, like, oh, I've heard about a truck. And Sam, like, asks, oh, where have you heard of a truck like that? And the guy clarifies that it's not about where, it's about when. So back in the 60s, there were, like, a bunch of deaths happening in this place in Missouri. So black men were disappearing into a big, nasty black truck. They never catch the guy who did it because they probably didn't even look. And the... The man says that, like, there was a time this town wasn't too friendly to all its citizens. Yeah. Because racism ended in the 60s. So they leave. And then Dean mentions that, you know, a truck keeps coming up and mentions the Flying Dutchman, which never heard of. Have you? Um, yeah, he's some ghost pirate guy, I think, who haunts, like, a pirate ship and... Like, I don't know, drowns people. I don't really know. He's a character in Spongebob. Oh, interesting. (laughs) But no, he, like, is a legend, mostly, and a Spongebob character, tertiarily. (laughs) Okay. Sam clarifies that that's a ghost ship, so what happened with that ship was that the captain's evil spirit, like, basically infused into the vessel, so it became a part of him. And so Dean, like, suggests that they're dealing with the same thing. And this guy who was killing or um, kidnapping black men back in the 60s is basically doing the same thing now. They also figure out that it's connected to Cassie in a lot of ways. So Sam suggests that uh, Dean go work that angle, you know, teasingly. Like, you go work that angle go talk to her, and then they do that. So Sam... What does Sam even do here? He literally does nothing. Uh, Yeah, Sarah's like, you go have sex with Cassie instead of solving the mystery, and I will sit in a host in my motel room. Yeah, I will have a voice night out in my motel room. Sam's like, and while you're there, you should probably mention something else. And Dean's like, what? And he says, well, there's serious unfinished business. 
and a- asks what is going on between you two. And Dean admits that, yeah, like he said, they were dating, but it was a lot more emotionally involved than he led Sam to believe. Yeah, and then he says, and I told her our secret about what we do, and I shouldn't have. Sam says everybody's gotta open up to someone sometime, but also, like, who did Sam open up to? Dean says, I don't. (laughs) And he says that it was stupid to get that close, look how it ended. And then Sam says, after a lot of making mischievous looks at Dean, he says, you loved her. Dean sort of doesn't deny it, but also doesn't confirm it. And then Sam says, you were in love with her, but you dumped her. And Dean looks like really sad. And Sam's like, oh, wow, she she dumped dumped you. And Dean's just like, get in the car so to, so I can drop you off back to the motel where you will sit in silence as I have sex. Yeah, so now Dean's showing up to Cassie's house and Cassie's been typing up a tribute story to Jimmy. Um, and she tells Dean that this newspaper used to be owned by some racist white family called the Dorians who would only hire white people for the newspaper. And after they sold it, Jimmy became the first black reporter and then became editor and her mentor. Uh, She asks Dean where Sam is and Dean's like, um, he's not here. And also, did you ask your mom about what the mayor said? (laughs) Mom, did you fuck the mayor? Yeah, Cassie says I did, but she didn't want to talk about it. I'm just gonna point out that, like, this entire scene is happening in, like, a big frame. In, in a big door frame, mm-hmm. right? In a hallway frame, yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're standing on opposite ends, yeah. backs to the walls. And it's, it's a pretty good shot. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's a pretty shot, and there's rampant sexual tension, yeah. so, and, like, you know. you can see the distance, and you can see as they slowly close in the distance, and it's, like, it's really fun. It's a really mm-hmm. fun scene. Yeah, I think I, I've seen gift sets of later in this scene, and, like, it made me quite crazy about Dean Cassie for, like, a few days. Cassie's like, just ignore that question. Dean says, could it be because without him here, it's just you and me? Not you, me, and Sam, which would be easier. And Cassie sort of starts trying to explain, and Dean turns away bitterly and is like, forget it. We'll keep it strictly business. And then uh, Cassie is like, oh, I forgot you do that. And Dean like, asks her to clarify, and then she says that whenever we get close to anywhere in the neighborhood of emotional vulnerability, you back off or make some joke or find any way to shut the door on me. And Dean was like, let's not yes, forget. Cassie. Let's not forget who shut that one final big ass door. <laughs> and Dean like continues on and is like, who took the key and buried the it? high school drama club of it all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Cassie was like, are we done with this metaphor now? Which is exactly what I felt as well. <laughs> like I too was asking that question. And Dean was like, I was up front with you and then you nailed me for it. Which is such a line. Yeah, Dean was like, I suffered more than Jesus on the cross <laughs> when you broke up with me. 
You crucified me, Cassie. You put Inri on top of my head. And then, like, Cassie is like, this guy who I'm with, the guy that I want in my future, which is such ah! such a jump to know that she yeah. was actually thinking of Dean as, like, a for real sees, like, life partner. Was like, oh, okay, so that's why it's this intense. And then, like, she's she says that you told me that you professionally pop ghost and Dini was immediately like I didn't say that (laughs) and then Cassie was like I thought you just wanted to leave me and if you did that's fine but you didn't uh, have to tell this insane story and like Dean was like it was the truth and it and it didn't sound as insane when right now you think I can help you yeah, and also his voice gets really high and pathetic on it was the truth, Cassie. Yeah. And like I I enjoy a pathetic Dean. I would really like to hear this season one Dean voice line against his like I'm season fifteen Dean <laughs> like voice. And I'm gargling rocks for no reason. <laughs> Cassie was like, I thought you just wanted to dump me. And then Dean like still like you know riled up was like let's not forget who dumped who and cassie goes on to say i thought it was what you wanted dean says it was not cassie goes i didn't mean to hurt you dean goes you did their faces are so close at this yeah point. yeah like th- every single every single exchange their face gets closer and closer together and so cassie says i'm sorry and Dean says, yeah, me too. And then silence. And by silence, I mean the most in-your-face music starts playing. <laughs> yeah. Literally, like, they could have put Careless Whisper in and it would have been less obvious. Yeah, like, the 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 name of the song... The, I don't know what the name of the song is, but, like, the lyrics of the song is... Like, take me back to paradise. Fill me again with your love. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, he sure did fill her again with his love. And I hope he used a condom. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they start making out, right? As the music plays. And then we go to a bedroom where they uh, have sex. A dimly lit one. Okay, first... Like, I'm having fun here, but when Cassie says, I'm sorry, and Dean says, yeah, me too, I feel like that's supposed to mirror when Dean shows up and says, I'm sorry about your father, and Cassie says, yeah, me too. And it's so no. weird that they're likening these things. It's First, it's so weird that Cassie gets more emotional over a breakup from when she was in college than she is about her dad's death, and it's weird that they're paralleling those lines. Like, one of these things matters more, and fucking Dean is not the thing that matters more. Well, you've never fucked Dean, so you wouldn't know. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to fuck Dean. He'd be bragging about bagging an Asian for, like, months. Yeah, fuck you, Dean. (laughs) Fuck you, Dean. Right, and another thing is, okay, right, wasn't there that thing where the network said that Cassie couldn't be on top? Yeah. For the sex scene. Yeah, that was like a network snow. <laughs> so and she was still on top. Funny. So, like, good for her. 
But he flipped her over afterwards. Like, she was on top when she was, like, going at his nipples, but then after that, he flipped them over. Yeah, and it's, like, I have no idea what ratings are like in the U.S., like, for television. What is Supernatural rated as? Um, probably PG-13. PG-13. So the Thai action is, like, under PG-13. That's fine for PG-13. When he lifts her thigh and, like... Oh, her thigh. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think as long as you don't see... I think it was dimly lit and you didn't see genitalia or breasts, so I think it was, like fine ratings wise oh that's interesting because <laughs> i was i i do remember watching this when i was young and like being like okay let's skip <laughs> like i didn't want to see it because i am like a prude little 13 year old yeah i mean i think the like skin zoom ins and various thrusting motions are under pg-13 i think that her going at his nipple is something that i don't really see in most fade to black-esque sex scenes but like cassie deserved it good for her (laughs) yeah so now we're at the mayor outside and then the black truck pulls up and is making noises at him and then he starts running and the truck hits him and he rolls down a hill now maybe if sam hadn't been sitting in his motel room all night, or Dean hadn't been having sex all night. They could have prevented this, but also of all the deaths in this episode, if they had to pick one to not prevent, like, I I don't feel a great loss at the mayor's death. Oh, oh, something I want to bring up. Like, the concept of people staying in their hometown, is that common? Because, like, I've been fascinated with this since Dead in the Water. Because those guys literally just stayed in their hometown. And I was, like, wondering, like, is this, a co- is this like, a generational thing? When, when you've been there for generations, and that generation specifically, like, you stay behind. Yeah, probably so. Like, if your family has history in a city or a town, you'd probably be more likely to stay if you want to be a part of that history. Um, I think since, like, my parents are immigrants and we don't really have a lot of extended family in the United States, I feel that I'm not particularly tied to any city. But, yeah, I think if you've been living here for a lot of generations, then, yeah, this is probably home for you. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Cassie and Dean are lying in bed. Dean is no longer trans because his tits are out. And Cassie's aren't. Um, Cassie's jokingly saying that they should fight more often. Uh, and then she mentions that they were already, they were always pretty good at fighting, meaning having sex. This we were good at. It's all the other stuff. Not so much. And I don't I thought that this was a very good insight into their relationship because the way that I see Dean Cassie, like, portrayed in a lot of fanfiction and tumblr posts is just this perfect college romance no problems like they go on cute milkshake dates and most importantly cassie therapizes dean and makes him realize that he can live a life outside of john but like no their relationship was actually quite complex and not just dean-centered 
And, like, the attraction was there, but they struggled with communication and with the romantic aspect. So it was that, and not just Cassie being yet another Dean therapist and spoon-feeding him applesauce or whatever (laughs) people wanted from her. Dean says, I tried. I told you who I really was. That was a big first for me. And now I'm remembering, remember an episode yeah, two when he was like, I've never been honest with a woman. Like, he literally was just straight up lying at that point. No, actually, what I was thinking was, okay, he said, like, okay, fine, I'll tell you, we're not actually park rangers, and that's the most honest I've ever been with a woman. Like, honestly, yeah, the most honest he's ever been with a woman was like, I'm not an undercover college student. I pop ghosts. That is the most honest he's ever been with a woman. It's the same amount of honesty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He says that he told her because he guesses he couldn't lie to her, which is kind of sweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Cassie tells Dean that when he told him that, like, she thought that he was crazy and was scared. And then she says, actually, maybe I was looking for a reason to walk away. Which is a weird departure from the guy that I hope to have in my future, right? Like, now she's like, I tried to break up with you on purpose. I don't, it does, it's weird. It's inconsistent. What do you think? Uh, I think, like, actual relationships are that, like, you know, like that. But, like, this is not an actual relationship. This is a fucking TV show. So they should have, uh, should have been more consistent. And then Dean... In in a line that doesn't seem... I, I don't know, it didn't make that much sense to me to have it come now, but then he says, Yeah, in my work, I see some horrible things, but working things out with you? Like, the implication being like, that's the most horrible thing ever! Yeah, <laughs> but this like, is unprompted. <laughs> like, he said this unprompted. Yeah. Right. She was like, yeah, we broke up because I was scared. And he was like, working things out with you would be just absolutely awful. (laughs) Well, he just means that he'd be scared as well. But like, come on, Dean. But Cassie is like, you know. Yeah, Cassie's jokingly like, I'm a scary one, all right. Yeah, she says things get worked out when you really want them to. But then at the end of the episode, she's like, I'm a realist. This isn't going to work. Bye. Like, she's just, she feels like her commitment to this relationship is written very inconsistently, and it's pretty clear that she's just there to have Dean's reactions show something to the viewer instead of, like, being a person herself. Yeah. And, again, like, she's the most person person that we've seen be, yeah. like, love interest. Yeah, she's the most person woman that we see, besides maybe Missouri, but, like... But still, yikes. yeah. She is not consistently written. Dean's like, well, I'm still really involved with my dad's work. Your dad's, like, in Sacramento and told you not to come looking for him. Like, whatever. (laughs) Just, just stop hunting. Yeah, like, literally, you do not have to. And then Cassie says, no more excuses, okay? From you or me. Again, implying that she wants to work for this relationship and wants it to continue, which is not consistent with the ending, but whatever. So they start making out again, but then Dean's phone rings, and then he looks shocked. So uh, Sam is talking to a cop, probably like introducing himself, and he's like, oh, Dean's with me, as Dean comes in 
and the teasing starts. <laughs> so Sam is like, "You didn't come <laughs> home last night," which again, like, they're in the middle of a crime scene. Like, there's a man dead, like on the hill right there, Sam. Yeah, like there's still blood on the snow, dude. And Sam is like, "Oh, you didn't come home last night. Didn't make it back to the motel." So Sam, this line I like. Sam says, like, guess you guys work things out. And Dean, like, snickers, and he says, we'll be working things out when we're 90. Like, how do you interpret that line? Um, okay, see, when I've seen it written in Dean Cassie posts, it's always like, oh, he wanted to be with her until she was 90. But hearing it with Dean's tone in the episode sort of just sounded more like, like we're fighting. I'm all not the gonna live. Like I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna work it out because I'm not even gonna live to ninety. Like I'm just putting it off. It's not happening. Yeah. Like what I I I thought of it as like, you think we're gonna work it out now? We're gonna be working it out for life because we're never gonna work it out or something like that. Yeah. But it it's still yeah. like such a line, and I, it's sweet. Yeah, it's yeah. sweet. And then they start talking mm. about what happened. Sam says that every bone is crushed and internal organs are pudding. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And then uh, it's like something ran him over. Which Dean is like, oh, you mean like a truck ran him over? Yes, but there are no tracks. Wow, what a shocker. It's not like we've seen this happen to three black men already. Yeah. And then Dean was like, uh, oh, why the hell is the mayor here anyway? Sam clarifies that he owned the property and it was bought a few weeks ago. That's gonna be important for some reason that I don't really understand. <laughs> and then Dean asks, like, he's white. Why did he die? And Sam says that the kill it, this one didn't happen up in the road that Cassie was like requesting to be close to. So it doesn't exactly fit the pattern. So now Dean's at a newspaper office. Sam is presumably sitting in a motel room alone again. He's not. He's like walking, doing research, but he's just separate. For some reason. He wanted to give them, you know, alone time. Yeah, nothing says hot date more than investigating the mayor and dear ex-girlfriend's dad's death. Exactly. And her boss's death and her dad's best friend's death. Her boss's death in the office. Okay, speaking of that, did Cassie ever finish writing that tribute to Jimmy that she was working on when Dean came in? I think uh <laughs> I think she was still working on it the next day, right? Okay. For some reason I assumed that it was gonna be because newspapers print in the morning, right? I assumed she was like finishing it up late that night and then printing it that morning. And then she had sex with Dean and totally forgot about it. But maybe it's not. (laughs) Maybe she didn't miss her deadline. Dean says that he's trying to find some links between the killings in the 60s and the current killings, but there's not a lot in the newspaper. And Cassie says, not surprising, probably minimal police work too. And then she says, back then, (laughs) equal justice under the law wasn't too literal around here. I... Every single time this episode's like, yeah, this is bad because um, there was racism in the 60s, but there's not racism anymore. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, so 
Dean gets a call from Sam, yeah, who is doing research and is not sitting in the motel. And he says that the property bought used to be owned by the Dorian family for 150 years. And this was the rich white family that used to own this newspaper and apparently basically everything in the town. They find out also that Cyrus Dorian of the family vanished in April 1963, around the time the murders of various black men who were brought into the truck happened. And also, apparently the mayor bulldozed the Dorian place when he bought it. Which, again, what's the point? Yeah, what was the point? Like, later they're like, well, it made the ghost angry, but, like, why did the mayor bulldoze it? Like, what was the point of that? <laughs> it's, it's, like, uh, it's literally just, like, a bridge to get to the Cyrus Dorian article. Which, uh, yeah. Oh, I, Buck Lemming. Bad writing. Horrendous. Bad writing. Right, and they find out that the first killing by the racist ghost truck happened the day after the Dorian home got bulldozed. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) So, Cassie is in her house, is back in her house, and she's preparing for the night. Well, her mom's house. Yeah, her mom's house. She's locking up, etc., etc. When suddenly, a truck appears outside the house, and it starts revving. It starts making the truck noises. Its headlights are on, so Cassie can see it from the house because it's uh, the windows are open. And then wind starts blowing like really strongly into the house, which where the fuck did the wind come from? Yeah, like does this truck have air bending powers now? <laughs> and so the wind is just blowing and Cassie is trying to close the windows but she's failing because the wind is so strong and uh the truck like starts trying to get into the house <laughs> i don't fucking know like it starts, <laughs> yeah, it's just it like, starts like forward yeah it's going forward but it's not hitting the house so it's not doing any damage mm-hmm. it's just scaring them and this entire time there's like, you don't see Cassie's mouth move. So everything is literally just ADR'd in. And it's her going, ah, ah, oh. <laughs> the completely closed mouth. <laughs> at, uh, at some point, she was like, oh, okay, this is not going to work out. So she goes to her phone and dials Dean. And she, start- she screams, Dean, Dean. And the scene ends. so funny there's like weird zooms in on the car and on her face yeah and like <laughs> yeah the adr is what took me out because like it's so because they keep on zooming on her face right but her mouth is not moving right. so it literally like looks so ridiculous ah uh, who directed this episode again okay it's paul Whoever shapiro you are, reconsider this is his only Me episode. Consider. Oh my god, yeah, it's because they saw the weird fucking zoom on her face as her mouth stayed closed and she said, ah! So, we're, we cut to the next scene. I guess, did Dean show up and the car went away? Like, we don't know how that was resolved. But, yeah, Sam and Dean have shown up and Cassie is 
recovering from the scare. She asks, why didn't it kill us? Oh, her mom's there too, yeah. Right, Cassie asks, why didn't the truck kill us? And Dean says, whoever was controlling the truck wants you afraid first. The fucking racist ghost truck! Truck wants your family scared. <laughs> it's, so funny. it's so like first off, I know I know that they just need to do that to make it clear that Cassie is a target, right? Yeah, but Dean already said it seems like this is centered around Cassie and her family, like already. Like we didn't need that. And Sam says, like, hey, Mrs. Robinson, like, hey, Cassie's mom, um, I think that, yeah, your husband saw the truck before he died, and Mrs. Robinson's sort of just denying all of it, she clearly still doesn't want to answer questions, and then Dean says, well, you and Cassie are clearly marked by this truck, and she should die, so you gotta speak up, and that seems to do the trick, and... She says that, yeah, Martin saw a truck, and he thought that it belonged to Cyrus Dorian. She says Cyrus Dorian died more than 40 years ago, and Dean's like, how do you know he died? The paper says that he went missing. And then she launches into, like, a little teary story time. Complete with flashbacks. She says that she dated Cyrus for a while, but was seeing Martin in secret. I- okay, ma'am? Ma'am? Why Why were you dating the son of the family who instituted a whites-only policy on the newspaper, ma'am? Like, ma'am? Hello? Like, okay. Uh, she's dating Martin in secret because he's black, right? Yes. And then you're dating, <laughs> like, the most- the son the, of the most like, racist racism family. king of the city. Yeah, and then you tell him? You like, like I'm not like victim blaming, right? Like this is definitely right. it's not her fault. But like at some point, you should have just been like, we have to get out of here now. Like you, me, yeah, Martin, and I. Like we should go. Yeah, right. Like it feels just incredibly like irresponsible. You know, like the the yeah the white women who get black boyfriends in college and know that their parents are violently racist, but like bring him home for, like, Thanksgiving dinner, and then he gets, like, punched. Like, that white college girl is at fault here. (laughs) Like, that is kind of on her. Yeah. Like, if the boyfriend gets punched, like, that's you. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah, so, yeah, she was like, I I don't like racism. Or at least, like, oh, God, yeah, no. She was like, I'm okay with having a boyfriend, who's violently racist and also having a black boyfriend and I don't see a problem here. Ugh. All right. All right, ma'am. Yeah. Oh, and she says that she was dating Martin in secret because interracial couples didn't go over too well back then. Every single time this episode is like racism is a real thing, they immediately go, racism was only a real thing in the 60s, though? Like, there's no racism today. Like, none of it? Like, zero of it. Like, come on, guys, come on. Like, they literally had to make the racist truck like a fucking ghost truck from the 60s to even allow the truck to be racist. 
And at the end, they were like, yeah, the truck isn't even racist. He's just mad about being murdered. Like, fuck off. And then she says, yeah, she told, she like broke up with Cyrus and then he found out about Martin and then he apparently changed and had like frightening hatred. You sure he changed? You sure he wasn't like that all throughout? Like, at no point were you like, hey, how do you feel about black people? Like, like I don't think she checked. Like, how would she know that he changed? He was exactly the same. It just never came up because of your privilege, Mrs. Robinson. And then she says that there were rumors of people of color disappearing into some kind of a truck. Just Her saying black people. people. was enormously fucking funny to me. Like, it's like, like, stop tiptoeing around the subject. Like, specifically, it was black men being killed. And then she says that she and Martin were going to be married in a nearby church, but decided to elope at the last minute. But then on their wedding day, Cyrus burned down the church and, like, killed all the members of a fucking children's choir in there. Yikes. Jesus. Um. Yeah, this part was a lot. I'm not, yeah, no, that was a lot. And uh, another thing is, okay. Like, I'm thinking, okay, like, this is, this is, like, my ex-fiance's, like, thoughts, like, not mine, but, like, about the scope of sort of the backstory of the ghosts or monsters in Supernatural, right? Like, in, in the first episode, it's just, like, this one woman's husband cheated on her, and now she, like, kills men. And then, but then, like, in Bugs, it's, like, an entire fucking genocide happened, and that's the monster of the week. And then in, like, this episode, like, it's like, let's talk about all of anti-black racism and the death of a fucking children's choir and various murders of other black men, and that's just the fun little backstory for our fun little Dean Cassie episode. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, like, the the way that they, the flippancy with which they treat these subjects by putting them on the same level of, like, once some girl's eyes got cut out by a surgeon is just wild. It's wild. I think they tried, they, like, again. Like, <laughs> right, they were like, we're gonna be progressive by trying to tackle all of racism racistly. Yeah, oh, like, we have one week for racism, oh, that's enough activism for today. <laughs> yeah, that's enough activism for 15 years. Oh, wait, but we'll say that Dean and Sam would vote for Joe Biden. Also, that's enough activism for 15 years. <laughs> we're gonna say right, that, wait, we're gonna say that Sam and Dean are gonna vote for Joe Biden, but that uh, Dean would Dean would have hesitations because he's interested in the fact that <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> slept with a porn star, but also he already slept with a porn star, so he's not gonna vote for him. Good job, dude. <laughs> and then, and then Eric Kripke fucking added Kamala Harris and Joe Biden on that tweet. Like they were added oh on that tweet. <laughs> God, I want to be yeah. in Eric Kripke's also, mind. Also, to be clear, like Joe Biden is like a centrist at best, and. Like, you, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that man. Yeah, okay. So. And then Sam asks, was that the end of the attacks? Oh, okay, and at this point, like, Cassie's mom is sobbing, right? And I feel like I just took note here that, 
like she's the one she's the only one who really gets to express sadness in this episode cassie's a little teary about her dad but it's all very reserved like i'd say that the main things that we see from her are just like competence and steadfastness which is cool but like i don't know i don't like that the this white woman gets her like five minute monologue where she gets to cry her little heart out and like cassie again doesn't really get to mourn her dad mrs robinson explains that one night the truck came from martin and cyrus beat him up but then martin was able to get out of his grip and started hitting cyrus back and basically eventually ended up killing him dean dean oh my god (laughs) dean asks why didn't you call the cops and i get that like i don't know is dean supposed to be the white stand-in right no i think i think he is supposed to be the white audience i think that they did mean for his comment to come off as ignorant but it's still still so funny and also, remember earlier when Cassie was telling Dean about the whites-only policy that the Dorians put on the newspapers, and he does, like, a little uncomfortable head shake? I kept thinking about that post, that succession post that was, like, that was, sh- like, no, it was, like, shaking my head and frowning to show that I disapprove of Roman fucking the fascist. <laughs> like, literally, like, Dean shaking his head and frowning to show he disapproves of an all-whites policy in the newspaper. That that, that line, I I knew immediately when he said it, and I was like, Crystal's gonna roast the shit out of this guy. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm not done yet. Okay, this is also something my ex-fiance said about this episode, because she found it so fucking funny. Um, Right, so she was like, Okay, so we know that Sam and Dean moved around a lot as children, and, like, what if every time they went to a history class, like, the school district just happened to be in a section that wasn't about segregation? Like, maybe they literally never learned about racism in in history class ever. (laughs) Like, that is the only way to explain how fucking stupid they're being. I mean, I'm assuming that, like, even in the formal education system, like, racism is something that is presumably glossed over. Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying if they were too busy, like, I don't know, like, like flipping knives around and being white, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to firmly believe that Dean just has never learned about systemic racism. He doesn't know it's a thing. He doesn't believe it's a thing. He's just head empty. Dean, do you even know who Rosa Parks is? <laughs> Probably not. Rosa Parks? Is that a place? Does it have nice flowers? Dean asks, why didn't you call the cops? And they keep going with the fucking racism only existed in the past thing, where she says this was 40 years ago. Like... Yeah, and and also, like, there's still... This is still a problem. Yeah, so then we find out that um, he called on Clayton, who was uh, the first man who was killed by the truck, and Jimmy, his friends, to put Cyrus's body in the truck and then roll it into the swamp 
at the end of his property, and yeah, and they just kept that secret. Um, and then Dean's like, okay, so like, how how was the mayor involved? Because he said that you of all people would know he is not a racist. Buck Lemming were like, oh, we have to bring up that not racist line again. Like, we have to clarify yeah, like, what we, we meant. I know that this is an episode where a white person is a little bit racist, but I promise that not all white people are racist. Like, okay, Buck Lemming. Yeah, and Mrs. Robinson was like, oh, yeah, like, I guess he was a, a, a cop back then and he was investigating the disappearance, but then when he figured it out, he just sort of let the case go cold. He says he did nothing because he also knew what Cyrus had done. When did he know what Cyrus had done? Like, while well, there were murders happening and he didn't do anything? Is that is that when he knew? Hmm? <laughs> Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> right, and also, okay, like, I get, right, if he was like, okay, if we, like, get into this, then Martin is going to get implicated and killed. But also, like, don't the other men who got killed by Cyrus, like, don't they deserve justice? Like, don't their families deserve to know what happened to them? I don't know. It just, uh, it makes me sad that, like, that letting Martin go free, which is, like, absolutely important and necessary, also requires Cyrus's reputation to go free and those families to not have closure. Ugh. Yeah, and Cassie asks why didn't you tell me? And she says, like, I thought I was protecting them, and now there's no one left to protect worst mom ever. <laughs> and Dean says, yes, there is, and they all just, like, look meaningfully at Cassie. So, uh, outside Cassie's and Cassie's mom's house, Sam is, Sam and Dean are talking, and Sam is complaining. <laughs> he was like, like, yeah! <laughs> We just found out about hate crimes truck doing so many hate crimes. You just hear the most tragic story to ever been told. You just learned that racism exists, Sam, <laughs> for the first time in your life. And he was like, uh, or no, that it, not that it exists, that it existed 40 years ago, but doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Oh my god, there was stuff related to racism having it happen happening in the 60s. Sam's, like, crying. Dean's crying. They have no idea. Yeah, did you not learn that in your polycentric cultural norms class, <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, so Sam is complaining. He's like, my life was so simple. Like, I just had to do school, do exams. And then he mentions the poly... I didn't know about racism. <laughs> I had to do my paper on polycentric cultural norms, <laughs> which I get, like, I heard this and I was like, hmm, that's funny. Uh, yeah, we don't, was Sam, do we know that he was a pre-law major? Because I don't know if that's always a major. Like, maybe he was a sociology major, in which case he should know what racism is. <laughs> Everyone should already, but, like, he really should know by now. Yeah, maybe he's a sociology major. Uh, so yeah. um, Dean's like, I guess you from a boring existence. And Sam says, occasionally I miss boring. Which, <laughs> like... Like, can we not complain during <laughs> the fucking hate crimes racist ghost truck? Yeah, it's... Like, 
And then, like, so um, Dean says, so this killer truck. And Sam says, I miss conversations that didn't start with this killer truck. Which, why does, okay. why does the transcript say, ah? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Does he, like, <laughs> sigh or something? <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> anyway, what, what's the point of it all? What's the point of this discussion? Like, they think that the reader still didn't get that Cyrus ghost infected an evil racist ghost truck and that they need to dig it out of the swamp. Yeah. Like, I think it's just exposition. Yeah. Yeah, and then they mentioned that, oh, like, the this ghost woke up because, of because the house. The, his house got, like, dem- demolished. Right, so they're making plans to get the body from the swamp. And then Cassie shows up. Hi, Cassie. Um, so, uh, she says that her mom's asleep, uh, how can I help? And Dean starts, like, instructing her on what to do. So, like, stay put, look after your mom, uh, we'll be back, don't leave the house. And Cassie, like, smilingly, jokingly, says, don't go getting all authoritative on me. I hate it. She's so cute. I like her so much. Yeah, Dean is like a little bit flustered by this. And then he says, quietly, he says, don't leave the house, please. Oh, that that <laughs> one. That one is cute. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dean, Dean could be a male wife as long as he tried hard enough. But he's just, he's failing in most places, but not here. Yeah. He goes to kiss her, and then Sam and Dean leave. Sam is also, like, yeah, making a lot of aha sounds oh, trying yeah, to get yeah, them yeah. to stop making out to go. Yeah. And, okay, at first I thought that Dean flipped Sam off because I saw him, like, extend a hand behind him. I think it was just, like, a pointer finger, like, wait a second. So, they're at the swamp now. They've somehow obtained a tractor that they're using and they've somehow very quickly found this truck and they're pulling it out of the swamp yeah sam says now i know what she sees in you come on man you can admit it you're still in love with her dean says can we focus please and again i i for surprisingly i'm agreeing with dean in this episode like can we focus on getting rid of the hate crimes truck first sam come on it is nice that he is still in love with her. They open the car door, and there's Dorian's body. So they start salting and burning it, and they're like, okay, that should be it. But then the fucking racist ghost truck <laughs> shows up again and is making sounds, and, they're, and Dean's like, well, I guess not. Okay, I know that the implication is that like, Dorian's spirit, like, became infused with, with the, the truck. truck. But just the fact that, like, they burned the body, and then it's the truck that's attacking them. Like, it literally feels like the truck is a sentient creature, and this is the ghost of the actual truck, and the truck itself is racist. <laughs> like, it's not even Dorian, like, it's just a truck that's racist. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've seen the Impala go to heaven, so trucks can be good, and this truck is going to hell. Goodbye, truck. 
So Dean like tells Sam that he's going to distract the truck. <laughs> God, <laughs> and fucking then, truck! And then, and then, so Dean hops into the Impala to start driving away, and Sam's like, "What? How the fuck am I gonna burn a truck?" It's so funny they have to burn the truck because the truck is racist, and that's the corpse of the truck. Okay. So Sam's like, how the hell am I going to burn a truck? And then Dean's like, figure it out. Dean starts driving away. And Sam, like, they're, they're, he's on a call with Sam, right? And Sam is like, mm-hmm. give me a minute, hang on. So he hangs up and calls Cassie and asks Cassie for directions for somewhere, which at this point we don't know yet. So he mm. calls Dean back and starts directing him around the town so like he's telling him to go here go there turn this street turn that street and there's one cool shot here where like dean lets dean is supposed to make a turn so he lets the truck pass him by and it's in slow-mo did you see that it was pretty Mm -hmm. cool yeah did you know the original uh idea for this episode is that it's supposed to be like a 42 minute long drive like chase scene what 42 minutes yeah like it's supposed to be like a chase what? scene the whole time yeah i suppose why like it's not like i i have no idea i think that was what's in the original uh original script so you're saying buck lemming made it better <laughs> no like I mean, like, a 42-minute okay. chase scene could have been good, right? 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 Yeah. <laughs> you seem you seem unconvinced. I don't know. I just don't care about cars. No, but uh, I, I'm just bringing it up because, like, we see, like, glimpses of that in this chase scene, right? Mm. Like, yeah. they, there's pretty cool car shots. Maybe there'd be less racism if they were just stuck in a car the whole time. Like, Sam ends up telling Dean to, like, go exactly in this place at exactly this distance and so dean goes there and then he just stops 0.7 miles the truck starts revving and then racing towards him it keeps on going and going going and just when you think it's gonna hit dean it disappears into thin air and then like dean is like confused as to what happened before the truck disappears dean's waiting there and the truck's getting closer and closer and he's asking Sam what to do. And Sam's like, do exactly what you're doing. Bring the truck to you. And I was like, society, if this was still the asylum, Sam, from episode 10. <laughs> and he just pretended he'd gotten better. And this was his long con to finally kill Dean at last. Anyway, so what actually happened was that uh, if you recall, like Cyrus burned down a church with all the children in it. And this was where that church was. So church ground is sacred ground. And so some spirits die when they reach sacred ground. So this this truck went into the sacred ground and disappeared because it's now gone. But it only happens sometimes. <laughs> so Dean was like, so you, you're telling me that you might you might have been wrong. Like, what would have happened to me? And Sam was like, I never, it never occurred to me that I might be wrong. And Dean looked visibly upset. a little upset. sturgeon face. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, no, that's a great Sam moment in this episode. God, okay, um, I think I read on the wiki that this was basically the only time the, like, hallowed ground, church ground rule has been used in Supernatural. Yeah, I don't think it ever happens again. And also, like, it's annoying. It annoys me. Because, like, the burial ground in episode 8 is also sacred ground, but that ground is cursed, whereas the Christian church ground is sacred and destroys racist trucks. Like, okay, fine, if you say so. I was gonna bring it up, but, like, I didn't feel, like, because I'm, I I grew up Catholic, so I didn't feel, like, Mm. you know, like, the person to bring it up. But, yeah, exactly what you said. Some holy grounds are holier than others is such a way to look at it some holy grounds are in fact cursed and evil right so we're at the ending scene now um sam's sitting in limpala and dean and cassie are walking towards the car cassie tells dean thanks and says that this is a better goodbye than last time dean says maybe this time it will be a little less permanent And then, yeah, Cassie has her line where she says, you know what, I'm a realist. I don't see much hope for us, Dean. Which, okay, as we've said, like, 500 times already, is very inconsistent with her previous statements about their relationship. But I guess they just needed an excuse to not bring her back. I I guess at this point, they weren't really thinking long-term. So they were like, one-off episodes, one-off characters. Dean says, well, I've seen stranger things happen. But Cassie just says, goodbye, Dean. And he says, I'll see you, Cassie. I will. I will. And then he didn't. <laughs> and oh, then he no. didn't. I'm s- it makes me sad. <laughs> it does. It does. Oh, right. And then they kiss. And it's the, the infamous gift kiss with, like, the spit trail between yeah. their mouths. Go for it, Cassie. Yeah. Good for you. Dean gets in the car and they take off. So while in the while in the road, as they're taking off, Sam like says, I like her. You meet someone like her. Does it make you wonder if it's worth it? If you know, like the whole hunting thing and um, putting what he said was like putting everything else on hold, doing what we do. And it makes me so sad that that's how Sam sees it. That like it's like tangled when will my life begin vibes you know like yeah he's literally sitting there like any minute now my life is gonna start after this the whole revenge plot is over and then dean looks at sam and then he like he smiles and then takes some sunglasses sunglasses! the sunglasses they look look so silly on him yeah, it doesn't fit his face structure. So he puts them on, and then he says, Why don't you wake me up when it's my turn to drive? And then he leans backwards to the seat, and then he goes to sleep, and they drive on into the day. I know the sunglasses were just to block the sun out so he could sleep, but I'm choosing to believe that he's also crying little baby tears under there about Cassie not being a realist and not wanting to try. Oh no, that's so sad. Anyway, that's how the episode ends. So, uh, Crystal, I almost called you Destiel. Yeah. What's wrong with me? <laughs> no! I was like, the, oh, no, okay. did not. their name is Crystal. <laughs> anyway, what did you think about the episode? I love Cassie. 
And that's the only positive thing I have to say. Cassie is a really strong character. Like, uh, I can see why so many people are attached to her character. Because she's really, like, they really make a point of um, making her, you know, into a person. So that's really fun. Right. Like, the fact that she even has a job, like, I think she's the first woman in Supernatural where we learn about a profession that they have. Like, the bar is incredibly low, but, yeah, and I've complained about Cassie being unrealistic, but, yeah, she does feel, like, the most, like, a person out of all of the characters, the female characters that we've met, besides maybe Missouri. Okay, best line, worst line. Do you have a worst line? Oh... I'm not a racist. Why don't you ask your mother? (laughs) No. But also every time they were like, yeah, racism used to be a problem in 1960. Good thing it's not a problem anymore. Yeah, I think the like the line that you said is also my worst line. But for some variety, I would also like to add like Sam's angry little I I, I didn't je- tell Jess for years and you just told this chick immediately mm. because like it doesn't yeah. flow Come through on, th- Sam. like first of all diminishing someone's relationship like that is already bad but also like the writers didn't even continue it or throughout the episode like it's yeah. just a one off so like it really was pointless like it didn't matter and that's just frustrating mm. Okay, best line, yeah. best line this time. Um, I think, I think maybe the line that I probably get the most mileage out of is Cassie calling Dean the guy I'm hoping might be in my future. I feel like that tells us a lot about their relationship. I think I really like the, we'll be working things out when we're 90. Again, like we've talked about it and the way fandom interprets it. But I think it's, like, a fun little line of Dean. Like, it it could be interpreted uh, many ways. It, it's fun. It's, like, it made me go, oh, that's, that's kind of cute. Okay, I am deviating. What's your guess? Okay, because, yeah, I don't know. Because, okay, I think it's going to be rated higher than Bugs. But I know that this one is often cited as one of the worst episodes alongside Bugs. Um, the racist truck plotline was ridiculous. But I also know that this episode was one of the more watched Supernatural episodes, but probably only because people wanted to watch the sex scene. So, hmm, I don't know, like, 7.7? Bugs was a 7.0. Yes. And since then, we haven't dipped below an 8. Yeah. Yeah. Our lowest before that was season one episode two, at eight, right? I'll I'll go halfway, so seven point five. <gasps> seven point four. Oh, you did pretty good. Yeah, but not good enough. Let's check it out. Let's check it out. Oh yeah, I want to see exactly what people have to say about the racist fucking truck. It says tacky monster truck. So true. Probably the weakest episode of season one. Have you seen Fate? <laughs> I'm so mean. <laughs> Fate is better than this one. Fate is better Oof. than this episode. Yeah. Oh, they called the sex scene awkward. What did you have against Cassie going ham on Dean's perky nipples? 
I like the fact that the series tackled the issue of racism. Tackled and had the felt, issue of racism? And had felt that they would give the subtle social and political subtext of the show. What? The subtle social and political subtext of the show? Where? Where is it? No, no, no. Like, Where? it says, though, like, the message in the episode is far from subtle, though. With the uh, references nearly in every scene to the yeah, point of lecturing. they're saying that they view Supernatural as a show that does well with subtle social and political subtext? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, literally who and how and why. I'm not defending racism. <laughs> An actual line in a, an actual line in a review. Oh, someone said Cassie did not seem like someone who would want to hang around Dean if she was well educated. I did not buy them as a couple and didn't enjoy the lengthy love scene. Joe was more Dean's style. This feels like it's insulting like three people at once. First of all, like that's such a classist, and like, um, what's the term when you're like discriminating based on education? I don't know what the term is, but yeah, yeah that definitely one. that is happening. Like, Dean is not stupid. Yeah. And like, just because someone is not educated doesn't mean they're stupid. And it's not like Dean is actively racist. It also, like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, wait, wait, I just remembered the title of our podcast. Do you podcast. remember the name of this podcast, Gray? <laughs> Do you remember the name of no. this podcast? <laughs> no. Ah, uh, yes, the name of this podcast is Asian Women That I Respect Highly and View as Fellow Peers. <laughs> yeah, okay, first, yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous to think that Cassie having gone to college means that she doesn't want to be with Dean. Like, that makes no sense. Clearly, they had things in common. And enjoyed their relationship enough for her to, like, think that maybe she was going to marry him someday. So, mm-mm. Incorrect. Bad. Joe was more Dean's style. Like, are they calling Joe stupid? Like, what? Yeah, that's... You're just literally insulting every single person you mentioned. That's it for this episode of Bus Asian Beauties. Next time, we will be talking about Season 1, Episode 14, Nightmare. Leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at twitter.com slash beautiespodcast and on Tumblr at bustyasianbeautiespod.tumblr.com. Our official tag is babpod. Okay, you can email us any feedback, comments, or inquiries at bustyasianbeautiespod at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye! Bye! Bye.